Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, here today with an absolutely bonkers update on Activision Blizzard, and more specifically, the lawsuit that was brought against Activision Blizzard in the summer of last year by the state of California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing. And I'm enunciating there because the DFEH is a very, very important part of the story that broke today. If you haven't been following along with us, the DFEH sued Activision Blizzard last summer for sexual harassment, pay discrimination, a whole host of things that spiraled out of Activision Blizzard's control into an EEOC investigation, an SEC investigation, a whole host of shareholder lawsuits, and of course, Microsoft's pending acquisition of the company at a much lower stock valuation than they had before all of this started. But today's update might be the biggest yet. To give you a little bit of context there, I do want to talk about a video that I did in February of this year that I think informs this story a bit. So as you can see in the thumbnail here, I titled this California Loses Its Mind. This is the set of documents in which the Department of Fair Employment and Housing accused the federal EEOC, Equal Employment and Opportunity Commission, of colluding with Activision, then ignored court orders to not file as a uh, member of the actual action against Activision Blizzard and was supposed to file just amicus brief and they went over all these bounds. They ultimately lost in six different ways before the federal judge in this particular question. And I titled it this way because they were clearly going outside the lines of what had been and needs to be a very competent, very friendly relationship between the DFEH and the EEOC. I said they were really straining the federal relationship that they were supposed to have. And I believe that came to a head this week. Now, before we get into the specifics there, I do want to point out this is a channel that is supported by viewers and listeners like you. Please do check out our Utreon and our Patreon for ways that you can support the channel, including sponsoring a video, to which we give special thanks today to Opal Studded Dagger, one of my favorite names, has supported the channel for a number of months. Thank you, uh, Opal. And if you are interested in that, please do check out our support tiers. Now, about a week ago, Stephen Totillo of Axios, which I highly recommend following, he does a great job of breaking very interesting kind of in the corners, in the shadows documents like this one, discovered that the chief counsel of the DFEH had withdrawn from this case, as had the assistant to this case, the second chair. And he said, implications unclear. And that's a perfectly valid way to report on this. But as we do here, we talk about what that might mean. And I said at the time, speculation, of course, but one does wonder if DFEH's counsel's ill-advised secondary attack on the EEOC, with which the department often has to work, as well as the judgment pertaining to placing ex-EEOC lawyers on this case, resulted in their stepping down. Regardless of how you feel about Activision Blizzard, regardless of how you feel about Bobby Kotick or what punishments are deserved and what redress is deserved by the women affected at that company, there is no question that from a legal point of view, California has colored well outside the lines in a number of places in terms of aggressiveness with which they pursued this case. I commented on it in a number of videos in this playlist, but this really culminated most recently with their attacking the EEOC for really no good legal reason and finding themselves defeated and defeated and defeated and defeated again and really straining a relationship that is very important to that department. Which leads us to today when Bloomberg and Jason Schreier, who's doing good work investigating this kind of thing, broke the following. Melanie Proctor, the assistant chief counsel for California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing, said in an email to staff Tuesday night, that's last night to you and me, 
that she was resigning to protest the fact that her boss at the agency, Chief Counsel Janet Whipper, had been abruptly fired by the governor. So Governor Newsom in California is accused here by Melanie Proctor of firing the chief counsel of the Department of Fair Employment and Housing as part of this whole mess, which may or may not, ironically, be what we saw last week when they stepped down. Because this email goes out today. I'm not positive that this was a direct result of the governor's action in asking them to step down or was an attempt by Janet Whipper and Melanie Proctor to somehow assuage the governor's office, as we will see in just a moment. This article from Bloomberg continues, says Proctor said in the email to staff that in recent weeks, California Governor Gavin Newsom and his office, quote unquote, began to interfere with the Activision suit. The office of the governor repeatedly demanded advanced notice of litigation strategy, and of next steps in the litigation, Proctor wrote in the email, which was seen by Bloomberg, as we continued to win in state court, this interference increased, mimicking the interests of Activision's counsel. So here you have a member of the DFEH who resigns and very stridently knows this kind of message is going to be leaked from staff to places like Bloomberg and Jason Schreier effectively implies that the governor's office of the state of California has been co-opted in some form or fashion by Activision, which is a hell of an implication for an ex-California employee. Proctor then wrote that Whipper had attempted to protect the agency's independence and was abruptly terminated as a result. And that's why I say what happened last week is actually a little bit unclear. Was that a firing happening right then? Get off this case. Or was that, in fact, Whipper and Proctor trying to get out from direct control by the state of California in order to accomplish their ends in the case itself? Remember that because the state of California had employed EEOC attorneys that were acting in respect of this particular case against the EEOC, the EEOC went absolutely nuts on the state of California, accused them of conflict of interest. Activision tried to get their case stayed because of that conflict of interest and sharing of information that shouldn't have been shared with proper attorney-client privilege notifications, et cetera, et cetera. This was one of the big footfalls that California had. So because of that, there was already outside counsel that was working hand-in-hand with the Department of Fair Employment and Housing and really taken over at this point. So when I saw this, from Stephen Totillo, I said, well, it's not like they don't have lawyers that should be up to speed on this right now. So it could be that they just had better things to do. Of course, now we see that that was not, in fact, the case. In her resignation email, Proctor slammed the governor's office, writing that justice should be administered equally, not favoring those with political influence. Again, strongly implying that the governor's office of the state of California had somehow been co-opted by the interests of Activision Blizzard. These are no light things to accuse the governor of in the state of California. Could lead to investigations, could fall by the wayside because there isn't a lot of proof here. And we're going to talk about one of the potential problems with the folks seeking to actually affect some kind of change in the governor's office or otherwise accuse them of things, which is why I leave you with this quote, which is actually from the middle of the Bloomberg article. It says, Whipper is evaluating all avenues of legal recourse, including a claim under the California Whistleblower Protection Act, said her spokeswoman, Alexis Ronecker. So 
as I said, this is an absolutely bonkers state of affairs in California. Got the thumbnail here, says California implosion. Nobody has any idea what California is thinking right now because Whipper was the driving force behind the prosecution of Riot, behind getting in the way of the $10 million settlement that Riot would have had in order to get a $100 million settlement for the state of California. She has been one of the principal players in video games discussions on these points, effectively in California, but talking throughout the industry about how this should be looked at in various states. However you feel about her, she's out. And she's out because at least according to this email, which we don't have, and Bloomberg and Jason Schreier elides some portions, doesn't quote everything, summarizes in places, right? Even here, he says, they slam the governor's office. We don't have a reference to the governor's office here, although I have a hard time thinking what else this could mean. So we're going to give Bloomberg and Schreier credit for that. We don't get to see it. We don't get to see any of the context. It's not anonymous, however. So we do know that this is an employee scorned, and obviously resigning, very angry, very passionate about the fact that the governor's office stepped in to what was an ongoing litigation, primarily requesting advanced notice of strategy and next steps in the litigation. Now, that's, that's really the description of what Ms. Proctor refers to as interference here. And we see that Whipper, the chief counsel that has been fired, didn't resign, is looking at potentially using the Whistleblower Protection Act. So what is that act? in the state of California, basically says, an employer shall not make, adopt, or enforce any rule, regulation, or policy, do things, preventing an employee from disclosing information to a government or law enforcement agency. It's a whistleblower statute. So if you try to go to someone, they won't stop you. They can't stop you. They can't retaliate against you. They can't do these very bad things if it is about some kind of illegality, compliance with law. An employer or any person acting on behalf of the employer shall not retaliate against an employee for disclosing information to a government or law enforcement agency. And an employer or any person acting on behalf of the employer shall not retaliate against an employee for refusing to participate in an activity that would result in a violation of state or federal statute or a violation of or noncompliance with a local state or federal rule or regulation, which might be closer to where we're coming out here, that there's a maybe attorney-client privilege with the state of California, which these particular individuals think doesn't include the governor's office. We're going to talk about why that particular thought process here probably doesn't work, that for the most part, they're very angry about being quote unquote interfered with by the governor, but that that interference doesn't obviously, in my research looking at this issue, rise to the level of some kind of illegality. But in, in specifically referencing this statute, they are suggesting that there was something that Ms. Whipper was asked to do that was potentially illegal or that otherwise was illegal on this part of the state, on part of the governor's office, and she tried to report it somewhere else and could potentially use that as saying, hey, you retaliated against me for that particular effort. The difficulty here, right, is that the governor is actually the head of the department, right? The Department of Fair Employment and Housing, like many, many states in the United States, is part of the executive branch. And the California Constitution says the supreme executive power of this state is vested in the governor, and the governor shall see that the law is faithfully executed, which may be where you could potentially ding him, and we'll get to that at the end of the video. Importantly, section four of the California Constitution lays out in black and white the following. The governor may require executive officers and agencies and their employees to furnish information relating to their duties. Full stop. End of section four. The governor may ask anybody that works in his agencies and his offices 
for information relating to their duties. So you look at what is described here. You don't have to love it. In fact, I would hate this if someone above my head came in and said, I'm questioning your entire strategy and these various things. Please send me emails because I don't like how this is turning out. And in the beneficent look at this, you say, well, the office of the governor became concerned when the EEOC freaked out and you brought an action that had no chance of success at any point in time. And you brought disrepute on both the EEOC and the department. And you're a department of mine. And now I'm concerned. That would be the beneficial way of looking at this, right? Hey, you've made some mistakes and now I'm concerned. So keep me up to speed. And it's not that I've been co-opted by Activision, but it's that I don't trust you anymore and I don't trust your judgment. So please deliver me that information, which is in part why that section lives in the constitution of the state of California. The governor may go ask his or her people to tell them, to tell him or her about the duties that he has charged them with, right? And the departments themselves are separately described in the statutory code of the state of California. So we have a bunch of section references here. I'll I'll try not to dumb it down, but also not to bury you in legalese. We've got the first section here says, it is the policy of this state to vest in the governor the civil administration of the laws of the state. And for the purpose of aiding the governor in the execution and administration of the laws to divide the executive and administrative work into departments, right? So look, we understand We're the state of California. We're huge. Any given state is huge, but California is especially huge. And we're charging you with executing the laws faithfully of the state. And no one person can do that. It is outside the power of any given human being. So in order to aid you in that prospect, we're going to divide your functions in your branch, which is under your control, into these various departments. And then we have certain rules about the departments. Subject to the approval of the governor, the head of each department may arrange and classify the work of the department and consolidate, abolish, or create divisions thereof. You'll have somebody that is below the governor that does various things, that actually runs one of these departments. Except as otherwise provided by law, the head of each department may, with the approval of the governor, appoint such offers and employees as necessary. So you see reference to the governor throughout these various sections. And here's an interesting kind of conflating point. The attorney general is the legal advisor of each department in all matters relating to the department and to the powers and duties of its officers. Now, the attorney general in California is an elected position, as it is in many, many states. And that attorney general is also given power in the similar capacity as the governor in the state of California's constitution that says, subject to the powers and duties of the governor, the attorney general shall be the chief law law officer of the state. And it shall be the duty of the attorney general to see that the laws of the state are uniformly and adequately enforced. This is section 13. So you've got competing and overlapping powers. The problem you have is if you want to say, well, the attorney general maybe should have done that, maybe should have looked at Activision, is that this particular section starts with subject to the powers and duties of the governor. The governor is the head. The governor is the top. The attorney general gets to do all these various things, but the governor can swoop in and make a decision against those various things. The governor is the top of that executive branch. So even when we talk about the attorney general here, all of the attorney general's powers and responsibilities in the state of California's constitution are subject to that will of the governor, which leads us finally to a specific statute about this particular department. There is in the state government, in the business, consumer services, and housing agency, the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, our DFEH. The department is under the direction of an executive officer known as the Director of Fair Employment and Housing, who is appointed by the governor, subject to confirmation by the Senate, and who holds office at the pleasure of the governor. This person at the head of this department can be fired at the governor's whim. And we see 
in the description of the director of the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, exactly that. He was appointed by Governor Edmund G. Brown Jr. as director of the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing in February of 2015 and confirmed by the California Senate in January 2016. He was reappointed to the position by Governor Gavin Newsom in February of 2020. He is appointed. It is a governor's position. The department lives in the executive branch. So when we talk about these things, when we see the governor step in, there are legitimate reasons that a governor could look at this. The governor is the boss of this department at the end of the day. The governor appoints the department head and can fire the department head at his or her leisure. And he can ask information of any of these employees. And then when you get references that are a bit oblique, what does it mean when Jeanette Whipper attempted to protect the agency's independence, right? What independence? What are you talking about? The department is the governor. The governor has his power vested in the department so that he can accomplish what he was elected to do. So if you look at it solely from that perspective, again, separate out how much you might hate Activision Blizzard. If you just look at this story solely from that perspective, it is very likely that Jeanette Proctor was the one that if you were governor of the state of California, you would also be firing. What are you doing attempting to protect an agency's independence from the branch and position under which its power is granted? So if you try to do that in a department or agency of the state of California for any reason, I would assume that most people are going to get, quote unquote, abruptly terminated as a result. Now, the real question becomes, is there a legitimate reason that the governor did this? Because as we said, when we're talking about the Constitution, it is the job of the governor to faithfully execute the laws. And that, of course, can be corrupted. We see impeachments, we see indictments for fraud and bribery and all these various things. I think the state of New York just had an indictment go up this week. And it is, of course, fully possible for an executive officer in any state, in any role, to be co-opted or corrupted by potentially companies, people that want to do bad things. So the question becomes, is this Whipper and Proctor effectively reacting to their boss's boss's boss saying, hey, you're not doing the things I want and asking for additional notification of things. And you don't actually see reference here to like real interference. You see, I want to get information. You don't actually have references in this article to what, if anything, was done by the office of the governor to move things around or change things other than mimicking the interests of Activision's counsel, which is all we kind of get. Very dark, very foggy. And of course, this particular person has biases, as we all do, but they're for the world to see as an ex-employee of this particular branch. Is that what was happening? Is there a co-opting? Or is this, in fact, simply a reaction to California doing some stuff that was not above board throughout the past nine months? Uh, and there really isn't a lot of opinion in here. Obviously, I'm a lawyer and I've said before, you put a couple lawyers in a room, you're going to get a dozen opinions, et cetera, et cetera. But there is really no question. They were smacked down hard by the federal judge. And as I said from the start, they really didn't have a legally cognizable interest. And, and so you have these various things that were happening. It wouldn't surprise me if the boss's boss's boss said, hey, what is even going on there? Of course, it wouldn't surprise me either if these people are right. Certainly, Activision could potentially co-opt the office of the governor, could have a sit down between Bobby Kotick and Gavin Newsom, explain to him the situation and say, can you help me at all, Gavin? 
In which case, you can find yourself, as I said, in various portions of the California Statutory Criminal Code, right? I just pulled up one uh, version of this. There's a bunch of things you could bring for a co-opted executive officer, but here it is. Section 68 of the California Penal Code, requesting or taking a bribe. And as I like to do here in virtuality, I use the jury instructions. They're a little bit more clear sometimes than the statutes themselves. And what would a jury have to find? That the defendant here, Gavin Newsom, is charged with requesting, taking, or agreeing to take a bribe. Now, this doesn't have to be satchels of money, right? To prove that the defendant is guilty, the people must prove that the defendant was an executive officer of the state. That's that's easy enough done. The defendant requested, took, or, cre- or agreed to take a bribe. So he asks for it, he takes it, or he agrees to take it in the future. And when the defendant agreed to take it, represented that the bribe would unlawfully influence their act. And the representation may have been expressed, or we need to be broad here because mostly politicians aren't idiots on this kind of stuff, or implied, right? You're going to scratch my back. I'm going to scratch your back, et cetera, et cetera. And that the defendant acted with the corrupt intent that his or her public or official duty would be unlawfully influenced by that bribe. Now you might think, again, satchels of money. No, bribe is bigger than that. As used here, bribe means something of present or future value or advantage or a promise to give such a thing that is requested or taken with that corrupt intent. And a person acts with corrupt intent when he or she acts to wrongfully gain a financial or other advantage for himself, herself, or someone else, right? So if we say, look, Activision Blizzard is being prosecuted by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. They think there are these problems here. And you have a meeting with Bobby Kotick or Activision says, look, you know, we're going to leave the state. We're not going to contribute to your campaign anymore. We're not going to do X, Y, or Z. Gavin Newsom says, I'm going I'm to take care of it for you. And it results in all of this. Then you could potentially have a bribe type complaint, which could wind you up in whistleblower land, depending on a whole host of things that we haven't seen yet. So unfortunately, this bonkers story, as I have said, effectively has two different versions that we can see out here. There's the version that says, look, you've done a lot of crazy stuff at the DFEH over the past nine months. You need to at least tell me what you're planning on doing because the last couple of things that you have done have gone horribly, horribly wrong and strained a whole number of relationships. So now you're under probation. Now you have to talk to me about what you're doing. That is kind of the reasonable, well-functioning state apparatus version of these events. The other version of the events, as implied strongly by Ms. Proctor here, is that the state of California had a sit down with Activision or its counsel or whatever, and has been co-opted in an evil, nefarious manner to prevent the people's department from doing justice for the people. So what do you think? What do you think is most likely here? I'd love to hear your comments about whether you think the state of California uh, is acting wrongfully or is acting within its ambit under the governor's powers uh, to question exactly what his own department has done with his authority. This has been Virtual Legality for today. As I mentioned at the top of this, we cannot do videos like this without support from viewers and listeners like you. Please do check out our Utreon or our Patreon. And thanks again to Opal Studded Dagger for helping support this channel and this episode. If you don't like either of those methods, please consider subscribing, telling your friends that we're here, sharing this around. This is a big one. People are going to like this one. So share it around. Get credit for sharing it with people that might otherwise be interested in. And if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. 
It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.